Welcome to our August 7th worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change we seek. Precious God, as we look for you and your guidance and your care, please be with us that our eyes are open to the challenges you want us to walk through. Thank you, Lord, for being our guide. Amen. Let's join together in our call to worship. From the raising of the sun, God speaks and we are listening. At the setting of the moon, God speaks and we are listening. As we worship and pray, God speaks and we are listening. As we wait and as we serve, God speaks and we are listening. Let's listen as we worship this day. Amen. Let's join together in prayer, ever-living, always-speaking God. Help us to wait patiently to hear your message. Help us to prepare as we wait to sense your call. Help us to be focused and ready to serve, loving, accepting, and encouraging all whom we meet along the way. 
Amen. Let's join together in the prayer that Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's join together for our words of assurance. Don't be afraid, my friends. God delights in giving us all that we need, including more grace and mercy than we could possibly imagine. We are forgiven. We are accepted. We are loved. And all is well. Amen. Oh, well, I wonder. Yes, I wonder. What would happen? What would happen to this world? Well, I wonder what would happen to this world. Now, if a man tried take his time on earth and prove before he died what one man's life could be worth well i wonder, wonder what would happen to this world and if a woman she used a lifeline as something more than some man servant mother wife time well i wonder what would happen to this world oh well i wonder Yes, I wonder yes, what would happen, what would happen to this world. Well, I wonder what would happen to this world. As I look around me, there's such strange things. There's muggers and there's jugglers, and we all live by clowns. If an answer ever found us, would we change things? Or are we just the people rotten ready for the ground? Oh, and if our future lies on the final line, are we brave enough to see the signals and the signs? I wonder what would happen to this world. We see the people, we see them marching down. Do we join the parade or do we die? Well, I wonder what would happen to this world Oh, well, I wonder yes, I Oh, yes, I wonder yes, I What would happen What would happen to this world Well, I wonder what would happen to this world Disciple children walk the streets Selling books and flowers Can they be the last ones with a semblance of a dream if we say that no one's out there and we say we're going nowhere, can we avoid the question, is this all that it means? Oh, if a man tried to take his time on earth and prove before he died what one man's life could be worth, I wonder what would happen to this world. 
Our scripture today comes from Luke chapter 12, verses 32 through 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, thank you for gifting us with gifts and then empowering us to clothe ourselves in those gifts to be ready to go out and serve. Precious God, thank you for the reality that we need to learn, to pray, to evaluate things. And thank you, Lord, for at the end of that evaluation, equipping us to go out and do. Be with us today in this conversation, Lord, as we look at Luke chapter 12. And thank you for the things that you give us and the empowerment that you stir through us to go out and serve. In your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. I'm standing here in the sanctuary in one of my favorite times of the month. Every second Monday of the month, North Coast United Methodist Church, 1501 Kelly Street, Oceanside, goes and participates in serving breakfast at Brother Benno's Rescue Mission. It is an absolute blessing to go out and participate in helping individuals have their needs met. If you were here present in our July 10th in-person worship service, we had a member of the board of directors here from Brother Benno's missions to share about the overall care that Brother Benno's provides. And what a great, great blessing it was. Because many of us here at North Coast United Methodist Church, we only see the things that we participate in. We participate in the 
and serving the breakfast at the facility and giving out bag lunches. And we participate in taking clothes to the, to the thrift store. So those are the things we know, but there, there's so many other valuable, valuable things that Brother Benos does to care for those who are without housing and have food insecurities. And it's a blessing for us to participate in that. So here I am standing in the sanctuary today, preparing to go out and participate in that. And I wanted to take this moment to talk to you specifically with this scripture from Luke chapter 12. And I want to talk about what it means for to have a creator, a guide, that equips us, that gives us everything that we absolutely need, and then we get to respond to those gifts and to step out boldly and use them so that we can share grace and care with others. To move into this, and many of you that have heard at least five of my sermons knows every once in a while I go back and I readdress Wesleyan grace. And every once in a while in five sermons means that I quite frequently go back and reevaluate Wesleyan grace. But today, as we look at this entire narrative, and there's portions of the scripture that was not read in this video that I will talk about within this conversation. When we look at the entire narrative that we serve a God that gives us exactly what we need, and then we can respond to that and go out and live it and be clothed in it and to share it with others. We are looking today at a narrative that works out the definition of justifying grace. Now for me in my life, and my complete understanding of my journey with Jesus Christ. Well, we there's three levels. There's provenient grace. It's the grace exists before that we can even say who we are, much less who God is. And then we go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, and there's sustaining grace, that grace that's there. It's unending. We fall off the horse, and we just jump up, and we get back on it, and we're good. Hey, we do great things without even thinking about it. Sustaining grace. But when we get to this moment in the middle, justifying grace, that has been my faith journey. Justifying grace. I remember as a 16-year-old going down the aisle of, North, of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Martinsville, Virginia, walking up to the Reverend Dr. Ken Martin, and confessing to him that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. For me, that moment of justifying grace, moving into a moment of realization that Jesus Christ loves me so much that Jesus Christ gave His wholeness for me, His whole being. All I had to do was walk forward and respond. That beautiful moment of justifying grace, setting me on a path that has me here talking to my phone by myself on a Monday morning 
preparing to go out and to serve other people breakfast. I want us to look at the narrative of Luke chapter 12, and I want to think about all the places that justifying grace guides us, that grace guides us to this moment that we can respond for ourselves, but then we go out to serve others. In one of our video sermons a few weeks ago, I shared with you sort of a, a, a motto that I have in my life. And that motto is this, faith is something that is completely about you, but absolutely about everyone else. Faith is something that is completely about you, but absolutely about everyone else. We have to, in our faith, be able to see the places that God is taking care of us. We have to see the places that we are being cared for. Our needs are being met. Our souls are being stirred and fed so that we can take that energy and go out at a moment's call when we're walking by a random stranger in the middle of nowhere and respond to that need. God has blessed me with so many things. God has blessed me with a place to stay, the ability to get somewhere on a Monday morning, and the ability to stand, to move my arms, to be fully mobile, so that I can pass on to someone else something that they would not have today without this means of care. That's the experience that I'm going to have here in about an hour and a half at Brother Benno's to go out and to give people their nourishment for the day because God has given me the ability to do so. Let's look at the scripture. Now, the part of the scripture that wasn't in the reading that you met before starts about verse 20 in Luke chapter 12, and it's the whole, his eye is on the sparrow narrative. It's the reality that God gives us exactly what we need. And when we can find the moments that we can sit with and celebrate the reality that God is giving us what we need, then we can step out and serve and do great and wonderful things because we are not longing for something that's inconsequential, something that's not important, we find these moments in our journey that we can celebrate the places that God has stepped in to give us what we absolutely need, and then we can take the gifts of that and go out and share it with others. I look at this whole journey in my life with my interaction with justifying grace, my personal interaction with justifying grace. And I'll share with you the journey that made got me to the point that I walked down the aisle at Cornerstone Baptist Church and went up to Dr. Ken Martin and said, I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Did not start that day. It's the reality of the provenient grace that existed before that moment. It's the reality of years upon years of having a grandmother that took me to church with her. It was the reality of a few years of a grandmother 
saying, wow, I wish that you would go back to church with me. It was the years upon years of going with another set of grandparents to a new church. And it is amazing what God can use to get you into an environment. It was one conversation with a young lady that I wanted to go back and see again and again and again. (laughs) That got me back in the environment to hear the words of salvation from Dr. Martin. A very beautiful reality and journey. But it was a journey that did not start in that moment that I walked forward to Dr. Morton and said, I want Jesus Christ to be mine. It was years upon years of prayer, of being around people, of hearing faith stories, of observing faithful people living their lives that got me to that point. If we look at it about verse 20, Moving up to our scripture today, that's the narrative that's taking place in this gospel, Luke. There's things that are being given to us that we absolutely need. Experiences, ideas, conversations, interactions. We are within an environment that is preparing us for a major moment of responding. And all those moments from going to church with my grandmother, going year after year to vacation Bible school, going to Sunday school, sitting next to my dad in the very early years of my life and marking the places in the hymnal that the next hymn was going to be. All the way to this moment that I go to this specific church and walking distance to my house, And everything clicks completely together in that moment. And it becomes something that I truly, within that moment, inherit. It was my action of justifying grace. So that's the first part. That's the I is on the sparrow moment. That we exist in this world that God is giving us everything that we absolutely need. And is preparing us for a major moment. But what happens after that, and this is where our scripture that is shared before this sermon that's in this recording today becomes very crucial because too many times I've watched the narrative of faith movement stop at that moment. But when we look at this reality of justifying grace, that is not where this ends. I have seen many Many times, the journey of faith reaches this point that an individual can proclaim that they have spoken with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that He was raised from the dead, and they knew they were saved, and that's all that mattered. I've heard in many church settings, come quickly, Lord Jesus, in a prayer. And it's all things that, that link in the my mind of this I've gotten what I need, now get me to you. But that's not the complete faith journey. The complete faith journey gets to this scripture today when that we take everything that we have been blessed to receive and then we are clothed and ready to go out and use it. Now there's different ways to look at today's scripture. There is the singular 
Everything that I shared with you up to this moment in this scripture exists within the singular. This is the journey that I went to that got me to walk down the aisle to say to Dr. Kim Martin that I want Jesus Christ to be mine and I have the assurance of salvation. And then you look at this next part of of this scripture and it talks about being clothed in everything that God is giving us and we don't know when that God's going to appear and we need to be clothed and ready to go with God. So many people use that as a resurrection conversation, but I think it's far more deeper and far more important than me being raised to be with God. It's not as much as a resurrection conversation for me as it is a conversation on the reality that I never know not just when God will reveal himself to me and I need to be ready to respond. The real conversation is I don't know how God is going to reveal himself to me and I need to be ready to respond. Let's go back to what I'm doing today. Because what I'm doing today is not just as simple as, hey, here's your food, have a full stomach today. It's not that simple. There's vulnerable people that are in moments of vulnerability and they come into a place and they leave their pride at the door to be willing to come in and say, this is what I need. Thank you for being a part of providing it for me. We never know how God is going to reveal Himself to us. Today, for someone in that soup line, God is going to reveal Himself. And we are there ready to go to meet a need. There's been many times that I've gotten phone calls that in opportune times, every pastor has, but crucial, crucial conversation that changes an individual's life for the better. There comes times in our lives that people just need us to be the open ears, to hear a story of struggle, a story of transformation. We've got dear friends that want us to be the open ears, to be the ears that hear a story of celebration because other people they share their celebrations with call their celebration a sin. But we have these moments that God is calling us to be clothed and ready. And it's not the time that God will appear because God's going to take me to be with Him. But it is how that God is going to appear so that we can be ready to be the servants, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to be caregivers to others. That is the beautiful, beautiful reality that stretches all the way back to the eye is on the sparrow moments and reaches all the way over to 
we don't know how God is going to reveal Himself to us. It's not just Brother Benos. It's not just Brother Benos. One of the beautiful realities is a couple of weeks ago, I, my son, my daughter, we went out and we were a part of San Diego Pride. And there is a reality that exists in being in that environment. And when I was there, I had on my team jersey, I had the the collar on for people to know who I was. There's something about the power of a cler- clerical collar that says, this is who I am. But just like the narrative of this conversation I'm having with you today, it's not just about who I am, but it's that I am here to be with you and support you. It's a beautiful, beautiful reality. This whole conversation in Luke 12 is a conversation of the three stages of grace. The provenient grace existing from verse 20 about us getting the things, the eye of the sparrow moment, to this point of reality of justifying grace that we learn to celebrate the gifts that God has given us and and clothe ourselves in those gifts. Until today's scripture that we go out and actively use it and walk with it and live with it so that other people can see the reality of God and we never realize how God is revealing himself to us either by the person that walks up to us and asks us for help or by us becoming the image of God for someone else by being willing to even do the most simple act as listening. Hold on to those things. Pray over those things. Thank God for the gifts that we are given and then step out and use them. Thank you for listening to me today. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together for our prayer of giving. God of love and service, Thank you for giving so much to us and asking so much from us. As we return these gifts to you, bless them to be of love and service for others. Bless our work and service in the world so that we bring justice to the oppressed, love to the lonely, and acceptance and encouragement to all. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you once again for joining us in worship. Let's join together for our closing benediction. People, get ready. Christ is sending us to serve. People, get ready. Christ is sending us to love. We're ready to go. We're going in service and love. Thank you once again for joining us, and may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen.